everybody likes guns. They just don't know it. Deep inside of the soul, there's a cowboy trying to get out. Welcome to New Shooter Canada. Please remember that the show's content and word pronunciation is simply the opinion of the host and their guests. Hi, and welcome to episode 203 of New Shooter Canada. Tonight, I have myself, Thomas, and tonight we have Amanda. Hello. And Josh. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. How are you guys doing? Well, not too bad, thank you. And how about yourself? Oh, not bad. Not bad. Busy day at work. Lots of gunfire, so it's that's a good thing, I guess. If gunfire at work, <laughs> you're not being shot at, so it's good. Definitely. So, so what you doing guns this week, Amanda? Well, so I didn't get a whole lot of shooting time in. Uh, been a crazy kind of week, but I did end up going to the uh, pistol night again, and so I shot a 22. Uh, what was Matt's 22 again? Uh, he had a. A Ruger Mark, I think it's a Mark III. And uh, so I was shooting that during the, the pistol shoot this week, and it was a lot of fun. I did enjoy it. had two misfires, but I found I had no extraction issues like I did with Josh's victory. So <laughs> it allowed me to be less frazzled, and my, my grouping was overall quite well. So I was pleased with that. I didn't get to do any other shooting, but I have volunteered myself to build the website for the Milford Tune Rod and Gun. Uh, originally, we had someone who was working on it, um, and they had a really great layout, but they brought, did it all in script, and I can't work with script. So I'm just going to volunteer and kind of start from scratch. So I'm having a lot of fun doing that, but I would like to get it right and... Help promote our club a little bit, but that's about it for me. Oh, and you can work on the new Share Canada website. Well, they already have one. <laughs> you can <laughs> keep it going. When's it been updated last? It hasn't been updated, yeah. I don't think, in Couple a years. long time. Couple of I years. would say it's been, yeah. So, didn't, didn't you I sign up for a match also? Mm, I did. The peer pressure match. The peer pressure match, yes, I did. Um, with, with some encouragement from Josh and with the hopes of hopefully meeting Mike. And I, unfortunately, you can't come, right? So what was that match called again? It's the uh, Partisan Rifle Challenge at the uh, Guelph Rod and Gun. Um, Andrew from Ragnarok, he's putting it on. And I did that, I don't know, maybe three weeks ago, three, four weeks ago, I did that. And there's another one on the 21st. So we said we both signed up for that. And Mike's maybe going to come. We need to give him some, some more encouragement. And now there's there's no restrictions on that because a lot of us have lost lost the use of our favorite firearms. So you're, it's open to rim fire, basically whatever you have, you're allowed to shoot. Yep, yep. Run whatever you want. I brought my I brought my uh, A22, my rim fire, so that was no problem. And uh, there was maybe maybe about a quarter of the rifles were were 22s. Well, that's not bad, at least. Yeah. No, so I I think I'll use my. Um Ruger 10-22 for this one just because it has a scope because we are shooting from further distances. Like if I had a scope on my Savage Mark II, I'd probably use that because it's a lot more accurate. But Well, it's a little bit easier for this too. Well, people were using bolt actions, but I think, you know, it's a little bit easier with the semi just to keep up. Yeah. So. so Wish me luck, Thomas. Oh, you'll do fine. You'll do fine. Well, and I hope you kick Josh's <laughs> 
that's not possible. He's, he's too good <laughs> well, then the peer pressure would stop, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. What about you, Josh? What did you do this? Womanly good look to distract everyone, that's all. Well, sometimes that is to an advantage. Well, there, I, I looked at the uh, the squatting, and there's already one other woman signed up. So only one. Only one. Well, yay. So, so that's two. That's good. Yeah. Two is awesome. But, uh, yeah, that, that's about it for me. So you can't get the day off, eh, Thomas? No, that's her busiest day. <laughs> well, that's no good, Thomas. I was looking forward to meeting you. Oh, Actually, yeah, just Sundays. Oh, I'm hoping to see you this week. Oh. Worked out. It'd be nice to see you too, but it's just it's our busiest day, and especially when especially when the rentals are happening, I, I'm in there all the time. I haven't I've only asked for one day off since I've been there. I've never booked off sick. I've never been late, and I had uh, one court date, so I took a Thursday off to go to court. But I've never taken a Saturday off. That's the main day, so. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of kind of the thing. If you're scheduled for a Saturday, you go in on Saturday. Yeah. But- uh, I, I remember that retail rule. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate. It's, it's, it's busy as shopping day. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I understand that. So what about, what about you, Josh? Did you do anything with gun, guns this week? Uh, not a whole lot more than Amanda, really. Um, kind of just dealing with some stuff at the club. We've had some meetings, trying to decide how we deal with our, our year-end annual meeting because we can't really we can't really hold it due to COVID restrictions. So I think we're going to forego it or at least just do it with the executive only and not have the general membership attend. And then we're trying to figure out how we deal with voting as well for the, the, we have two board members stepping down this year and we need to fill those spots. So we've got some nominees, but we're just trying to figure out how we do the vote. If we have someone sit there with a box and everybody comes in on their own, or if we do like an online thing, just trying to, uh, figure out the best way to handle that because we've never had to deal with it this way before. But uh, uh, other than that, um, I guess we, we had a couple of pistol nights there since I've been on last and uh, I've been using my, my victory because uh, I've been having a hard time just parting with the money to buy some nine mil lately. So <laughs> I've been shooting the PPC nights with the 22 and doing pretty well. It's a lot. I, I don't know. I, it's a little bit of cheating because it's a lot easier than, been using the nine mil, but um, with my uh, my victory, I'm still having extraction issues. I don't know what it is. I I I, I upgraded the the extractor. Um, I bought a tandem cross Eagle Talon extractor, and I thought that would fix it. And really, it just it just keeps on happening. I don't know. More so with different ammo, like it's picky. Um, usually, the uh, CCI standard velocity is pretty good. Um, but every now and then I still get one, but if I put it in something like a, like a federal, it just every other round is, is an issue. So it's, it's pretty frustrating, but I really like the gun overall, everything else about it. It's just that extraction is just driving me nuts. Hmm. I really know what to do about it. Yeah. I find my rugers don't like the federal, especially anything with the truncated nose. My, my gun's like, especially my 1022, it likes round nose. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, those were those federals were hollow points, but it's more in the extraction though. It's not the feeding, which is odd. Hmm. And you and you put a new extractor on, and that's supposed to be a good extractor too. Yeah, yeah. I thought I was doing what I what I could, right? But I don't know what it is. The the dirtier it is, the better it runs. So I usually I don't clean it until it's really like caked up and gummy. So 
I didn't have any issues with them. And then I had six in a row at work all come in for extraction issues. Yeah. And yeah. They, they just send it. They sent it back, right? Well, I think what it is is that it's a stamp part. And what I've seen is that it doesn't quite fit in there, the ones that I've noticed. So it, mm-hmm. a lot of times, if you straighten it out, you void the warranty. So if you're going to send it in, make sure you put back the original extractor. But the one guy, he sent it in, and he he went back twice, and he was so frustrated, he just he just sold it back to us. And the, mm-hmm. late, the lady I was shooting with today, she sent it back, and it's been working fine since. Actually, I shot it tonight, too, and it, it shot beautifully, so... They're an accurate gun, well, but just this lately, I've I've noticed the extraction issues. Well, yeah, I love everything else about it. Like I love the weight, how chunky it is. It's it's accurate. I do really well with it. But it's just yeah, when you get an extraction issue during a, a competition, it's really frustrating. It's extremely frustrating. Yeah, yeah. I was using it the last uh, PPC shoot, and I think I had ten extraction issues to the point where I don't think I shot the last. No, you, you quit. <laughs> yeah, I quit because I got, I was so flustered. I was like, oh, I'm done. Like, I luck, luckily it was just on the last round that I was like, I'm done. Forget it. But I think I had two or three more to shoot. I was just like, nope. That's funny because I had just cleaned it before you used it. Yeah. You were the first one to use it after I cleaned it. Yeah, that was fun. So, yeah. I don't know, like my, my grand power has got to be clean, but my victory has to be dirty. Well, the grandpa likes to be oiled. It likes to be wet. Just those two yeah. bearing surfaces, you have to keep them lubed. Because if they dry mm-hmm. out, then they, then you'll have issues. We sorry, had... I, I get stovepipes every now and then if it gets dirty. Or it doesn't lock open anymore. Yeah. But as long as you stay on top of it, they run pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all it is. It just, it, if it gets a little dirty. But otherwise, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, see, what I did with, I actually have been in the range a lot this week because everybody's, the last couple of weeks have been coming in and uh, paying me to side on their rifles. So my shoulder's a little black and blue from all the 30-odd sixes. Guy had a 300, <laughs> guy had wanted me to side in this 300 wind mag, and I said, no. <laughs> I said, no, no, 30-odd six is my comfort level. If you've got a slug gun or a 30-odd six, you can come in and you can side it in. I'm not doing it for you. I'll go in there with you and I'll help you, but I'm not shooting it. Let's see what so else is 30 odds most common or? Yeah, that's uh, every one this week has been a 30 odd six. And last week there was, um, I think it was one 20 gauge slug gun. That was peppy. So I wouldn't want to shoot the 12. Because this, 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 the Sabbaths, they have a, a big, um, really high brass case. There's a big powder charge in those. So if you hold those things wrong, they will bite you and it will leave a big mark. Let's see what else is happening. So a lot of the instructors are starting up again. I had um, market from Guide to Game. So they are starting. You can get the RPEL and the hunting courses, but they are really, really far behind. So if you're looking to get your license, um, a lot of the places are still are, are offering them now. Of course, COVID restrictions apply. And I believe you can still get some of the instruction online as well, too. Um what I would do is just go on the Canadian Firearms Center website and you can find a link to an instructor in your area and just see what, what are they running. But if you, if you can't find a place, I know Guide to Game is starting up. And if you need, um, any coaching or your pal on a Saturday, on a Saturday, um, where you can't go out on Saturday, if you contact BennyLewis.ca, um, Benny is actually a firearms instructor. He can teach the pal and our pal course. 
because most of these guys have them Saturday, Sunday, and there's a lot in Judea, um, Benny's community that Saturdays don't work, so he does them on either a Sunday, Monday, or a Friday on a Saturday, depending on the time of year. So if you're stuck finding a course because of religious beliefs, Benny can help you out too. Let's see how what did, else. How did, Benny, uh, how did Benny get that accreditation? How did he, what did he have to do? He went to uh, that FESCO. You have to, I think it cost about $500 to take the instructor course. Because he had a hard time getting, when he when he tried to find a course or when he tries to get into matches, he had a really difficult time. Because everything, even we tried to get him into a maple seed, uh, couldn't find anything. They did start having him on Sunday because, you know, Benny asked Kelly, so they did start doing them on Sundays as well too. Um, even when we had when we hosted the charity shoot, we made sure that we did the the main competition and stuff on the Friday that way Benny could attend, and it was with walking distance from the hotel. So on the Saturday he couldn't participate in anything, but he just walked all the way up on a hot summer's day in his full black garb and just hung out with us for a bit. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was kind of nice. Well, it's funny that you're saying about the courses, though. I know we've been running courses at the Rod and Gun Club for... Yeah, we've got one every Saturday this month. Yeah, it's we've ran them all of October, all of November. Excellent. We still have a couple left in the hunting course for November 28th. It's 27th, 28th, I believe it is, and December 20th and 21st. But our, our pal just finished up today. And we've ran three or four PAL courses, and they were all full within a week of putting it up. Excellent. Like they, of course, uh, COVID restrictions have, you know, had to bring down our numbers of how many we could have in the club and following protocols. But it's been very exciting to see. We've had, well, just this week alone, I've had three people message me for a PAL, one for an RPAL, two for uh, hunting courses. So I'm really excited to see that. Unfortunately, I don't think we'll be looking to do anything more in December. Uh, it's it's a really crappy time of year to get anyone to volunteer their time for that. So probably looking at more courses in the new year. It's encouraging seeing where people get their art pals, right? Yeah. Get those numbers up. Yeah, I, I course, people, people want it. You know, as much as you hear the opposite, people want it because they're, they're banging the doors down as soon as you offer a course. So. I think what, I, what I've noticed lately is that a lot of people are scared of what the government is doing right now, so they want to get their licenses because of what the government's been doing. Well, well they still can, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they, they have, the people that weren't, that were on the fence, they're angry the way we're being treated, so now they want to get their licenses as well, too, before any further restrictions come down the pipe. So I've noticed that a lot, too. People have mentioned that. Yeah, for sure. Let's so, see. And- else there, Thomas? Um, yeah, I've been, I've been shooting actually quite a few times uh, this week. Um, it just happens that there's a range at work, and I get to bring my guns to work, so that that's kind of helps out a little bit. But the, we got this young guy named Sam, who he started off as one of our co-op students last year, and he graduated. Now he's working in the uh, the archery department. Young guy, 18. He's just has his pal, and he's got his hunting, and he's because of COVID, he hasn't been able to do the RPEL, so he's never shot a pistol. And I promised him months ago that I would take him take him pistol shooting. So I finally followed up and I took him shooting on Sunday. And I started him off with the 22 and I worked him up to the nine millimeter. And Sam's a very laid back and quiet guy, and that's probably the most excitement I've ever seen on Sam's face. He had a blast and he did really really well. So that was a lot of fun. And he's thanked me numerous times since then. So I'm glad he had a good time. Uh, what else did I do? Um, 
and it's funny, I was walking the dog last night. And because people know I have a hunting dog and I wear the East Hill hat, I get stopped two or three times a week lately asking how I get my firearms license. Funny that you mentioned that. And there's a couple that I speak to all the time and they both approached me, was it uh, Thursday or Friday night? And they wanted to get their license. So they're going to go to guide the game and they're going to sign up. So even walking my dog, I've been getting people to get in the indoor sport, which was pretty cool. I think that's about it. Um, I would have liked to go to the shoot with you guys, but Saturdays I just can't do. Well, we'll have to figure out another time where Josh and I can come down to see you. It'll be, it'll be good. At least meet in person, right? Well, so. it'd be nice to do an event so we can all shoot and compete and have some fun. Because yeah. you guys still haven't done a maple seed yet. No, really want to do that. And I think Mike's... Mike still, ha- I don't think Mike has gone since then. So I think Mike still has to get his patch. Very good. Maybe they can get a babysitter and Sarah can come too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely. So let's see. We we were supposed to record last week, and then we found out that uh, well, once George realized that we didn't have a topic, um, he said, "Ah, oh, well, we'll do it next week." But I already actually had a topic in the can. I think Amanda's had stuff in the can and Josh has had stuff in the can. So we'll, we're just going to do like a bit of a round table tonight and just to, just discuss whatever comes in our mind. So anything that you wanted to bring up, Josh? I'll throw you under the bus first. Sure. Well, I guess I'll just ask the panel. How do we feel about uh, Biden winning? Is this going to be good for firearm owners in Canada? Is it going to affect us at all in any way? Ammo shortages? What do you think? It's going to get worse up here with... Has he, been, has he been confirmed yet? Like, are these actually... I thought so today. It's, he got over the 270. Did he? Okay. He's the guy. Yeah. He is anti-gun. Um, he wants to... Licenses, he wants to ban. He's like the the, the, the hellhole from California. This, he's the worst thing the gun owners want in the U.S. So, so there's definitely going to be panic buying then. Well, it's already started. It yeah. started... Um, probably towards the middle of COVID. So you're not going to be seeing, we can't get a lot of product in the store right now. Uh, ammo is going to be for a lot of stores don't have anything. Uh, we, we did stock up. We were, I actually even got some 3030 in yesterday, which I was quite surprised. So we've, we're, we've got enough for the shooters. The hunters are starting to suffer because the, like the Hornadays and the, um, AccuTip Remington, they're all gone. Canada got very, very little. It all went to the U.S. And any shipments I've been getting have been very light. Some guns I can get if they're already up here. But stuff, the problem with COVID, a lot of stuff was already only running at 20% capacity, right, during COVID. So whatever they, they had in stock is gone, and it's going to be catch-up time for, bet, I bet you, another six months. Yeah. And then do you think prices will actually come down or just remain where they were because they're getting they're getting it? So. Well, the problem is, too, is that Trump installed a steel tariff. He had a disagreement oh, yeah. with, with Trudeau, so they, the steel tariff is in effect. So anything made of steel entering Canada, knives, guns, they all have a, was it a 25% a nice tariff on them now. So that's affecting our sport across the board. I don't. I think it was maybe on the CCFR uh, Facebook page, someone posted a picture of uh, Bun's, gu- uh, Bud's gun shop in the States, they had a pallet of bricks of uh, thunderbolts, and they were eighty bucks for a brick. <laughs> for thunderbolts. 
for Thunder Turds. Yeah. Oh, that's like over a hundred bucks Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. That's just insane insanity. Because that should be, I don't know what, a thirty dollar brick maybe. If that, like up here, uh, pop full pop on a brick of Wildcats is forty bucks. Yeah. So, so maybe it's an indication of what's coming, right? So. Yeah, I, I found up here when uh, Obama got elected, um, the stores didn't really gouge. Once it was gone, it was gone. But I didn't find that stores were really going after Canadians. It just dried up super fast. But do you really think that right now, like I know he's anti-gun, but right now they're in the middle of getting that stimulus package out, and I think he's going to be focusing more on the COVID, at least for the next year or so everything so, that i read on his platform is against the second amendment like he's going to try everything he can to break the second amendment so he is going to be in for the struggle of his life because the, the americans have had it they won't take yeah. any crap like that no it'll be interesting to see how that holds i'm i'm not optimistic <laughs> you know and Pardon? Hard to be nowadays. It really is. Everything is so. Everything's going right down the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) True. Well, it feels that way, but you have to. Like my honest opinion is, you have to think good to get good. And if, like, I'm not saying to be oblivious to what's going around you, but if you're constantly thinking about the pessimist way of life, then you're going to bring that energy towards you. It's hands down going to bring you down. So. Yeah. Maintaining a positive mental attitude is the most important thing you can do to yourself each day. Just, but yeah, like, from you know, from, the, from I, the history we've seen, it's it's uh, it's an easy prediction. Yeah, well, like I mean, we were also like in the economic perspective, everybody originally was expecting the markets to crash the moment that Biden got in. Well, you know, the first couple of days of election. We've seen some higher numbers because of that. Like, so everyone's. But they said the same thing when when Trump got elected. They said everything was going to crash. And if if everything went through the roof, everything was positive. Yeah, exactly. The market just wants some certainty. So now that it's established that there is a president, then things will cool down. Yeah, exactly. So only time will tell, right? (sighs) I hate politics. It's just, it's so. that's why I don't like discussing politics or religion with people because people get so heated about it. Good job, Josh. and that's on my mind today. I had an I had an interesting one this week. Like you know how when, when you when you're taking the safety course, it, it tells you in the book not to keep different size shells in your pocket and illustrate somebody accidentally putting a twenty gauge down the tube of a 12 gauge not realizing they did it and they put a 12 gauge right. on and that's the picture that you actually see in the book i've never seen that happen i've never heard of anybody happening to but i'm sure it does happen or it wouldn't be in the book we had a, a rifle come in and it was at 30 30 30 winchester 94 it was a centennial edition um the guy put a 308 cartridge into the tube <laughs> and there was already a 30, 30 in the tube. So the, the problem is the action isn't big enough to accommodate the length of that cartridge. So he was able right. to push it into the tube, 
right? But the minute he cracked it back, it was too long and it jammed up the whole action. He couldn't get oh. it. It was, it was stuck. It was so long, half of it was stuck. We had to disassemble the, the whole mag tube to get it out. So I know that the, the bullets are the same diameter. I don't think the cases are the same dimension. But could you imagine if he was able to chamber that? Oh, no. Or if he accidentally just had put another... So he had to put, put a, the throw weight in there, then another 30, 30 in, in the back. So we actually got a few shots and the rest having it because it was a, a pointed full metal jacket that was in there. So he was yeah. able to fire it. Really good chance that he would do, uh, it would touch off the round in front of it. Mm-hmm. So the guy got lucky because it jammed up his rifle before he could fire a shot. So. Jeez. Jeez. Yeah, he definitely got lucky there. Oh. I, you know, I, it sounds like it's something that I would do, although I've been very, very careful about, you know, uh, well, safe, safety and, and, but I mean, I don't know. It's just, I, it just, it just demonstrates the importance of whatever cartridge you're hunting with, have only that cartridge in your possession. Well, absolutely. Like, how, how did but, that, like having 30, 30, because it is if you reach into your pocket, they're going to be the same diameter. Yeah, I guess so. That'd be true. That's crazy. <sighs> so, how long did you have to, uh, like, how long did it take to take it all apart? And Well, it took a, f- a while to figure out what it was. We couldn't figure out why it was getting stuck, because we couldn't see what actual cartridge it was. Okay. And, and the only way to get it was to disassemble the mag tube, pull the whole spring system out, and that's when, once we got all the cartridge out, then we could see the data stamp to see what it was. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, luckily, you know, it, he didn't actually have it, any other rounds in there, and it didn't, didn't touch off. A sh- it would have jammed up anyway when he hit the 308. But my yeah. concern is that it doing a chain reaction, if he had, if he did actually fire it, it could have touched off the next round in front of it. Wow. That's crazy. Oh, I couldn't imagine. So it's, you know, know, this time of year, people are hunting, they get excited. So before you go out, make sure that you have, as I said, the proper cartridge for the farm that you're using. Um, if you're going to be, especially now that weather's starting to change and you're going to be trucking through the bush with your firearm, um, I've seen far too many examples where people have plugged up the, plugged the muzzle into the snow or the mud and then discharge it and blew apart the end of the gun. If you're going to be trucking through the bush, it's really simple. You can put like a little bit of saran wrap. And a rubber band on it or a balloon or those finger condoms that the, the nurses and the doctors have. Just put, <laughs> just put something over the tip of it. And then when you get to your, your location, remove it and verify that the bore is, there's no obstructions in the bore. Mm-hmm. Well, that's definitely some good advice there, Thomas. So, well, people, Actually, people don't think. People don't think though, because if something happens and all of a sudden they see they're shot and they don't even think, they're more worried about taking the shot than what had just happened. I think that's happened with one last year. The guy wiped out, and then he stood up and he took the shot. Well, when he wiped out, he plugged in the muzzle. So. Mm-hmm. For sure. Actually, you brought something up before we started the show, and I thought that I'd ask a question about it. What are you were saying that you were helping somebody with their um, you know, their handling and their, their overall position of um, shooting, right? So I'm kind of curious, what are some of the common mistakes that you see 
when someone is shooting and, and how can they easily correct it or spot it for themselves? Well, when we were talking about this pre-show, um, we've I've noticed, and Josh has noticed too, a lot of people assume their position by watching movies and TVs. They, they, they mimic what they see on TV. And a lot of times when you when you when you start shooting, um, not all clubs offer a level of coaching. So I think it would be you know if if you're brand new to the sport, it's always a good idea to to seek out a little bit of training. But you know just people they they couple things. I had a lady shooting last week. She was wearing high heels, so all her <laughs> all her weights canted forward and all her weights balanced on a quarter square inch. And I did I just you know, if you want to get really good, actually, a pair of good sneakers would probably help you a little bit. But but you would look really cute wearing those shoes. <laughs> like, well, I, I'm telling you, we we had um, I wasn't working; it was after after hours. And this this couple came in with another guy, and this girl looked like she just just come off a stripper pole. <laughs> she hardly had any clothes on. And what she had on barely contained her body parts, and it was all black leather. And she had stilettos, stilettos on. And I said, man, she's going to get burned. <laughs> oh, totally. I, I mean, I don't mind a good pair of pumps that make me my legs look, you know, nice. But uh, that, that, that just doesn't seem at all responsible. No, no. And I just, <laughs> I just said, you're going to get burned. <laughs> That's, yeah, for sure. But if 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 we're doing an event and that I'm running it, and somebody comes in and they're, they've got an open top or something, I usually keep. I have extra t-shirts. We keep at work. I said, can you put this on? Not because I don't, you don't look nice. I'm worried about it going down your shirt. So, but some of the things that, that you, the biggest thing I notice with people uh, when when I walk the line is their stance is is the biggest thing. There and there's there's no consistency in what they're doing. So they might stand one way for one mag, and they'll stand another way for another, and they keep changing their grips and, and their stance, and they, they don't have the same rhythm all the time. So if I see no. somebody that's really off like that, I'll just say, hey, excuse me, can I just give you a couple pointers, and I try to help them if I can. Of course. It's just little things. Like I, No one ever showed me, you know, yeah, I had my square stance, but no one ever showed me, like, take your left foot and take, like, a half step forward, and it just changed how comfortable I was and just made me shoot better and, you know, get a little bit of the weight on the balls of your feet. It's little things like that, right, that you don't know unless you have someone show you. And, and a lot of that could be dependent on the person's build as well. Like I find I, I shoot better if I'm straight up, but you, you like to cant for it a little bit. And that works for you. That's fine, too. So sometimes you have to just adjust it for the individual. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I can't my body. I just I try to put maybe just weight on the balls of my feet. And that's about it. I feel like I need to be a little bit bouncy on my feet. It helps me out. <laughs> I had an, an, actually, I had an interesting question today. Um, a couple came in. They were interested in signing up for the range. And I could tell from, from the gentleman's um, stature that he has some type of disability. I'm, I'm assuming, I, and I asked him, I said, so CP? He goes, yeah. How would you know? I said, well, my wife has CP. So I know a lot of different, how it affects people differently. And he goes, would, yeah. I, would I have any problem getting in the range because of my disability? I said, not at all. I said, Are you, I said, your bad side is your right side, right? He said, yep. And I said, you're right-handed, right-eye dominant? He said, yep. I said, you don't have any problems. 
Mm-hmm. But he was worried that we might look down upon him for safety reasons because of his mobility issues. <laughs> and I said, no, as long as you're, you know, you're physically safe and you can safely handle a firearm, not a problem. Your, your disability doesn't have anything to do with it. But it was a concern for him. Do you remember that that uh, one YouTuber that had no arms and was shooting, <laughs> shooting with his, with his feet? feet. <laughs> like it was amazing how accurate he was too. Like considering, like I mean, there was a couple ones that were off, and he was just shooting like a rifle. Uh, and he had oh, like a, 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 a shoot, shooting a Glock. Oh yeah, he was shooting a Glock too, yeah, and yeah. he was shooting off pumpkins or whatever. <clears throat> but I mean, as long as you're able to safely manage um, your firearm, then I can. Exactly that. Why? Why would we have any problems with that? So. I know two guys that don't have either arms because of birth defects, and they both have the driver's license, <laughs> and they drive with their feet. Mm-hmm. They, I they've mean, got the they... dexterity with their fingers and their toes. They've adapted, so they they've got a lot of fine-tuned motor skills that we wouldn't have. Exactly. So, well, that I'm glad that the, he got the confidence a little bit to uh, be part of the club, and and hopefully. Get to shoot more often. That's good. Yeah, you'll find but most what? most ranges are very accommodating when it comes to mobility issues, and they'll go out of, out of their way to accommodate you if you have a disability. So don't be afraid to ask. So other than stance, I I heard something about tea cupping. Uh, that's so my pet peeve. That's your pet peeve. <laughs> okay, so um, I know that I've been working really hard about lining up my thumbs, uh, so that it's. I'm not doing the teacup um, concept, but I mean, what what else do you see maybe in handguns that maybe people do? Well, the the biggest um, fundamental that people tend to skip on is the grip, because that's where you're going to lose the most control of your firearm is when you're actually pulling the trigger. And I see uh, a lot of people when, well, for example, I, I had a couple today showing revolvers every single gun she, that one person picked up they crossed their thumbs over and i said you don't want to get in the habit of doing that and every time she did i said you don't want to do that you don't want to do that because why not because one of these days you're going to shoot an autoloader and then you're going to take all the thumb skin right off your thumb you don't want to do that but i must have said it to her five or six times and then i finally said look i said one reason i know that because when i was brand new that's what i did i put my finger up and i ripped the whole skin off the top of my thumb so don't do that Mm-hmm. Yeah. The problem with teacupping is that it's not really noticeable accuracy-wise with the, with the rimfire. You don't really notice how much it, it or how badly it will affect your shooting. It's when you shoot a center fire, especially something that torques, where teacupping is absolutely useless because the gun is actually, actually going to twist right out of the bottom of your hand because mm-hmm. they all have right-hand twists. So. You probably don't notice as much with your grandpa because the barrel itself rotates. But if I shot, if I let you shoot one of my 1911s, my 45 with one hand, you can definitely feel that thing torque right in your hand. Oh yeah. So it's the same thing. If you're teacupping, your your grip and everything's going to change with every shot because the gun's going to rotate every single shot in your hand. That's why you have to do the grip that Amanda does. So you've got a full contact all the way around the gun, and you have to repeat it. You have to do it for every single string. You can't change it all the time. You gotta, it has to be constant, the same grip, same technique all the time. Yeah. Uh, another pointer that was brought up to me by Kathy, one of the first times that I was shooting was um, my stance, or maybe even Josh mentioned it, was that 
women tend to lean back a bit more. Like, I'm not sure if you see that at all, but when it comes to handguns, that women tend to lean back because of their chest area instead of rolling their shoulders forward a bit. So I don't, do you see that armor? I see or? it more with rifles than handguns. But. Okay. Yeah, well, because their, their, their body weight's going to be different. Yeah. Where, I, where I'm a skinny skinny pull, I can stand straight out. That's no problem. But you know, if you've got more weight, you're going to have to accommodate your, your body to balance because of the weight. So, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. I think, was it maybe two, two three weeks ago, Amanda and I were taking a, a new shooter, a female out, uh, just doing a range orientation, and she had a brand-new shotgun. And she was standing pretty much straight up or leaning back. I was like, no, you kind of want to just, you know, I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to touch her, but I was trying to like gently show her how to, how to bend her forward a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're better off to shore and then, and save her from getting beat up. That's right. Yeah. And get it tight into your shoulder. And yeah. Yes. Yeah, had some trouble getting on her shoulder, but yeah. once she got it there, she was fine. Just, but it's just, it's natural. Like it, it's almost, you know, I hate to be like that and say, oh, it's just the way a woman holds a gun. But nine times out of 10, the first time they grab one, it's like that. But once you show them, it's fine like anything else. But well, it could be just even just trying to get really close to it. Maybe, maybe it's more of like a fear thing. Maybe. I yeah. don't know, because I, I'm very timid when I'm first handling anything. Right. Um I, I will I will usually demonstrate to like to a new shooter before they shoot the shotgun I will show them how to properly shoot it because if you stand if you stand up straight and you you've got a three incher and you're parallel to it you're gonna go back but if you lean into yeah. it like a shock absorber and you actually bend your legs so you're moving into it your body moves back your shoulder doesn't take yeah. it your whole body moves but you get you just gotta tuck it in there. The other thing, too, is that a lot of times it's important that the firearm actually fit the individual. Because I find, um, on average, a lot of time, uh, some girls, not including Amanda, who's the same height as me, that are shorter, they need a youth or a compact to get the proper length to pull. If not, they're stretching like crazy. The downside mm-hmm. is, is women have longer necks than men. So sometimes you have to put a cheek riser or something on it. It's, it's a... They're they're built differently in many different ways, so it's really important that the girl gets a proper and comfortable fit instead of just well, hand, it, handing her an 870. See, there you go, get one that fits her. That way, she doesn't get hurt and she's gonna have fun. I never knew that women had longer necks. I didn't that's, know either until a customer pointed out to me one day, and I'm looking around. And like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> they do have longer necks. Or does it? Is it just the illusion of longer necks? <laughs> no, I think they do physically have longer necks. Oh, Not much, really? but a little bit longer. That's crazy. But yes, I, I she had a Remington 870, and she was what maybe five seven, yep. five eight. Like she's not a. Oh, so she should be okay woman, then. She's, she's fairly yeah, but um yeah, I thought it, I thought it was a good size gun for her. It no yeah, it was a 20 gauge too, so it wasn't. It wasn't a 12 gauge, so I thought it was a good, good thing. And she got a couple good shots, and she was happy. She was so excited. It was, it was nice to see someone all giddy about it. It was like me, <laughs> kind of almost giggled the same way too. It was a lot of fun. So, but yeah, I just noticed the those stances are really important, and I don't know if it's an intimidation thing, just handling something that we know we can hurt someone with. <laughs> You know, if we're, if not handled properly, so. That's a, I, that's actually one thing that I miss uh, 
from the range rentals is that I would get people to come in for the first time and they've got that giddy and that excitement. I miss that because that's that's so much fun when you're around that all day long. And then when they're done, they're they're through the roof and they want to get their license. So I, I miss that energy level at work. Yeah, I definitely was like that my first my first go. I was super stoked, and I think it took me a good two hours. I think I was texting after we went that I was just, like, so excited. It was a lot of fun and definitely got me to go. And even my sister, even though she was nervous at first, she right away after Josh took her out, because I feel like Josh was a better teacher, um, she definitely was gung-ho to go and do it again. And same with my parents. When they did it, they were like, oh, yeah, I definitely got to do this again. So they get excited. It's a good thing to be around. Oh, yeah, even even my mom. My mom's 75. And yeah. whenever time she comes out here, she goes, can we go to the range? Can we shoot your Ruger? Nice. Yeah, she loves my 1022. She doesn't like anything else, but she certainly likes my 1022. Oh, well, that's nice. I like that. So, anything else on the table, guys? Well, I just, with hunting season, I want everybody just to be careful. Take your time. Make sure what lays beyond your shot. Um, I've had instances where I've had people complaining about people trespassing in their hunting areas, being where they're not supposed to be. And, you know, if you don't know a person's in that area, it's, it's very possible that you might put an errant shot someplace. So just be that's, careful. That's Funny that you said that because what, what was it a month ago? Uh, there was someone who was causing a big stink about hunting, uh, people hunting. And I just, I, I kind of popped in and I said, you know, um, I understand that, you know, it's not for everybody, but I just know that people are practicing safe. And she goes, yeah, well, what happened was a neighbor ended up getting a bullet shot through their window. Uh, a couple years back so it's gotten her quite spooked and I guess she's been through her own bush and she's found three or four trespassers over a span of 10 years and I mean is that a lot? No should hunters be doing that? Absolutely not Um, you need to be asking permission and being safe because her her and her family and her dog were just going for a walk so definitely did I wasn't happy to hear that there was a bad name put on it, but I just went and I defended that not everybody's like that. So don't be the sore loser who puts a bad name to it. But yeah, and don't be the trespasser and don't be the poacher. If you don't no. have permission to be on that property, don't go on the property. Exactly, exactly, because that's that's not fair. Well, you it's know what they're fair. doing now, guys. I've had this happen to friends of mine. You know, guys have their it's their land or stuff that they've land they've had permission to hunt on um so they set up their trail cams and everything well these guys go through trespassing and they either steal or they shoot up the trail cams or take the cards they can't identify who they are Mm -hmm. so nowadays they're wi-fi so that picture is going to be mobile so even if you shoot that guy's camera he still has an image online and he can still go after you so respect people's property respect you know people's places if you want to hunt somebody's property ask permission all they can say is no Exactly. And then you, you just find another place to go. So So uh Amanda almost got her first deer at work the other day. <laughs> I was just gonna talk about that. That was really funny. So um opening day was Monday, was it not? Yeah. Well for gun season, okay. I think. 
So Monday around 1030, uh, I'm at work and all I hear is thunk, 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 crash. And we're like, what's going on? And we see a bunch of glass on the sidewalk. And I thought it was from the neighbor upstairs because that wouldn't be abnormal for him. But <laughs> regardless, um, so then I'm like, what's going on? And then I hear another thunk, 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 crash. And uh, I'm like, oh, okay, there's something going on. So I go out. And what had happened was downtown St. Mary's truck ended up hitting a deer on one of the main streets, but it only just tagged it just ever so slightly. It got spooked, ran into the employment resource center, smashed through the glass, ran around inside the employment center, destroyed the back office, and then smashed out the front door, took off. The cops were looking for hours trying to find this thing. So yeah, it was interesting. Poor <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly, poor deer. I felt so bad because our, our friend Chris, who we're hoping to bring on the show at some point, fingers crossed, but he's out hunting this week, and I remember he's been complaining that he hasn't gotten anything, and I'm like, well, <laughs> you know what? Too bad you weren't in St. Mary. Exactly. That poor deer. It was it was such a crazy day, and um. I swear the lady who witnessed it all almost had a heart attack. <laughs> she was right in front of it. And Josh and would be out there with a skinny knife just waiting for it. Say, come on, come on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, Josh was like, why didn't I get that claim? Yeah. I would have liked that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was a, a funny little story for the week. It, it was definitely interesting. Well, hopefully the deer survived. Mind you, it's the hunting season, so he may not survive much longer. No, and the fact that it went downtown is pretty, like, I'm trying to think of where, like, there's the river, but it's a pretty populated and building-covered area for the most part. There is a small trail that allows you to have a bit of nature, but I'm sitting there going, like, downtown St. Mary's. Any green space. Any green space. They'll go along any green space. If there's a river, they'll be along the river bank. I've seen them in I've been seeing them in Scarborough at Midland and Shepherd. They come down through the parks. Really, that's the first I've ever ever seen that. Other than the raccoon that showed up in downtown St. Mary's one year, it was like broad daylight <laughs> up by the the lights and it was stuck there and wasn't a pretty sight. Trying to get it down, the guy who got it down ended up getting bit. That was that was fun. So. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's my little St. Mary story. Hey, Thomas, at, at your range, do you have a, uh, a lot of trouble with people um, shooting the walls and ceilings in the indoor range? Um, yes. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> not... We've been to monitor that a lot more. Like We have some steel baffles at the front that protect the lights, and uh, we've been spray painting them over, and every time, every week we go in and we just count the number of shots, the high shots. High shots are the biggest problem, not so much the walls, but people are shooting high, and I don't know what's going on. I think a lot of times it's probably guests that are shooting. Um, probably. We did have issues. If, like, when we were doing the rentals, my biggest problem was short people because the bench right. – the bench is maybe at four feet. Well, if you've got somebody that's you know four foot nothing, when they're when they're shooting it, they're actually got the the, the rifle canted, so they're aiming it at the fifteen yard mark. But that rifle is going to go up and hit the baffles. True. 
so we shouldn't have that. So then you notice, well, we, so you notice after they've shot that there's little baffles in there to make, to take the shots. So we yeah. repainted, and within a couple of weeks, people are still putting shots up high. Not the yeah. not the floor as much. It's usually just the ceiling. For and I was reason. wondering too, when they move the targets up closer, if they mount the tar if they mount the target above chest height, you know they're kind of aiming up at it too. I wondered if that was doing that's, part of it. That's the big problem. They move it closer, but they're not taking into account. Like if I'm if I'm sitting down, like if I'm benching a rifle and I'm sitting down, um, I don't want to be shooting it at 10 or 20 yards because it's going to be still traveling up. So I tend to take my target and I'll lower it right to my bench level. Because mm-hmm. I've caught myself doing it where I'm lining up, go oh, wow, so it'll hit the paper, but it'll hit the top of the backstop. So I just I'll lower the target to fit me. I think that'd be what's happening. But then again, how serious is that? If we got a if we had a range inspection tomorrow and we had some dings in the baffles, do you think that's a big deal? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You so want to, that's why you, we've been trying to spray over them as diligently as we can. But and that the problem with stuff like that, especially at a private club. Is that if you do damage like that, it's important that you notify the exec that you put a shot in the ceiling so they can, because you don't know when the CFO is doing their, their inspection. That's right. So if you, you know, I think once I had a, I had a guess, like it's just a baffle. So it still wasn't going in, but it hit the top baffle. I think once I had a guest shoot the baffle and I went down with a marker and I circled it and I put my initials and then we have, in the damage report book, I put the name, my name and the time and what had happened. So that way when they come in, they'll say, okay, yeah, we'll have to put a little touch. It's just need a little paint. But if CFO comes in and they say, well, you need more baffles because people are putting shots up, you're shut down until they, you get those extra baffles put in. Mm-hmm. And that's what they do nowadays. It used to be, at one point, uh, maybe 10, 15 years ago, we, we had a great CFO inspector, Howard Adams, a great guy, really nice guy. And he wouldn't shut you down. He'd say, okay, well, I'll give you 90 days uh, to do the improvements that I told you to do, but I'll give you a, a 30-day extension, like a 30-day period. Do what you can in 30 days, send me the pictures. And as long as I see you're doing it, I'll keep extending it. Where when we had to do... Uh, CFO came from inspection at Port Perry. They saw a couple of holes in the, in, the, in the reflector plates. They made us shut down the range immediately. It cost us thousands of dollars to get the steel. And then I think the range was shut for two or three weeks. And then all the members had to come in and put up the steel. Just because the CFO didn't like what they saw. I've been to ranges that don't have any baffles. I've been to ranges that have an array of baffles. So it, there's no, it depends how the range is built, I guess. Mm. That's interesting because if it is becoming a regular problem, but I guess I just wanted to point it out for the new shooters that are listening, right? That you know this is happening and this is a problem, so be careful. And if you do something, make sure you notify somebody. That's important. If you keep notifying me once a week, I'm going to have a problem with it. But if you call me once or once, it's fine. Yeah, just. A lot of times there's contact information up, whether it's an email address or a phone number for the board. And so if you do anything, they appreciate you telling them. Like if you do some damage, okay, sure, maybe they may want you to reimburse them for any repairs for any damages that you caused. But if it's just a matter of putting a patch of paint, call them because you don't know what you could have a meeting the next day. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Totally. Mm-hmm. Anything say, else in his minds or what? You know what? If we keep this what? under an hour, it would make Mike really happy because right now we're at 5240. <laughs> hmm. I guess we could do that for him, even though we bailed on us. Yeah, well, his wife sent him to bed. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. It's been a rough week. I don't know if anybody else has been I've having... I've been exhausted it's, yeah. every day from this yeah. change, I think. Yeah. That's, totally. I think that's throwing everybody right out. Yeah. Well, I don't blame him at all. So get some rest there, Mike. We don't have any time after work to shoot anymore. That's no good. I don't yeah. like this. I don't oh, yeah, like this time of year. Oh, yeah, you're, you're outdoor range. You've got, well, you've got an indoor range yeah. too, right? We do. We do, but it's just not as fun. Well, and if you want shotgun or the center fire rifle out or something, you can't do that. So. Yeah, you're, um, you're limited in the indoor range, of course. So. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> we're rated up to 50 well, BMG because we've got uh, AR-500 steel all over the place. Which I, I would love to have a 100 or 200 yard range just to play around in. It's kind of limiting when you're stuck at 30 yards all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's nice. It's convenient. It's like a 10 minute drive. So I can't complain. And it's, the range is very well run and it's, it's state of the art. So it's, it's a nice place to hang out. For sure. If I didn't have I to mean, work our, there. What? 30 minute drive? Uh, 25. 25 minute drive. Yeah. And there's a, I mean, if you put on some boots and go during the day, like it, you can use the 100 yard all year round if you wanted to. Yeah, we used it in the snow. It was fine. Yeah. It, it, it's just getting, it's just this time change that's really throwing everything off. We can really, enjoy. What I used to use at Port Perry, like the outdoor, we had a beautiful outdoor range, nice, solid, sturdy benches. And I would go in, it was like 20 or 30 below, because I know nobody else would be out there. But I had one of those little <laughs> small ceramic heaters. And right at the first shooting position, there's a power outlet. <laughs> I just had that little heater going, so my hand, my hands would be warm. It's once my hands get cold, that's it. I'm toast. I can't shoot. And I could be out there all day. You know, I got my little heater. There's nobody coming out, so I can smoke in there. So you know, you're not supposed to be smoking in there, but I had the whole place to myself. So that's another uh, thing you can touch on. What what kind of advice do we have for people when the weather gets cold? Do you change the way you lube your guns or anything else? Like, is there anything you do differently? How you store them? Well, you don't want to. There's a couple of things. Um, you want to use a light lube because uh, you know what it's like if you go to get oil for your car. If you buy oil from the store, it pours right in. If you get the oil that's sitting outside, it's like sludge going in, and that's going to happen with any petroleum product that you use in your firearm. It's going to get really thick and sludgy uh, for the first couple of shots. Once it warms up, it'll, it'll be fine after that. Um, I guess the biggest thing this time of year is your biggest enemy besides getting the gun physically wet in the field is condensation and rust. And I think the big problem that I've seen, uh, especially guys hunting, they'll, they'll be out all day. So the guns you know, will be the outside temperature. So say it's five or 10 degrees below. Then they go inside, the gun warms up and condensation starts and it rusts. And if they're in there for a week, the gun goes through that every single day. So at the end of the week, you could have some serious corrosion built up in your firearm just from bringing it in and out, in and out. So your best bet is leave your gun case in the car, and when you're finished hunting for the day, unload your firearm, throw the ammo, everything in the trunk of your car, and lock it. Leave it in the car, let it stay frozen. 
And when you do get home, don't take it out of the case right away. I usually just go downstairs and I throw it in the basement floor for about 24 hours. And I let it slowly come up to room temperature. And I've never had any condensation problems. Interesting. Well, people don't think about stuff like that. Like I used to do a lot of photography. So if you, you had, like, if I, if I was, say, doing stuff at the zoo and I was going from pavilion to pavilion and stuff, and I, I had a, uh, an annual pass. So I'd be there in the wintertime. That's minus 30. I would keep my camera inside my coat the whole time. So when they finished my shot, it would go back in my coat just to keep it from, from condensation. Yeah. Very interesting. Never thought of that either. All right. Is that an hour yet? Where, what are we at? Oh, man. Oh, we've got another minute and 15 seconds to make him happy. What about you, Amanda? <laughs> do, do you have any tricks that you use when you're shooting outside? Tricks? I don't know. I just I always have trouble with my glasses fogging up, but that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> Especially now wearing masks. It's awful. Oh, I know. I guess it's been brutal. <laughs> you start have, a conversation and wearing... you can't see anything all of a sudden. Yeah. I have trouble wearing gloves when I'm shooting. Even though my hands freeze, I just I have really I really have trouble wearing gloves. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't miss no... I don't miss shooting outside in the wintertime. No. Keep a little uh, those little those little packs, those little warm packs. Those hand warmers, hand yeah. warmers, yeah. Those things are fantastic, yeah. but you got to realize if you've had any from last year, odds are they're not going to be any good this year. They, they usually expire within a year. Yeah. And I, yeah. I used to work outside, so those things are fantastic. I would put, and it, this is good if you're hunting, put one each in the toe of your boots because you're not moving and you're mm-hmm. not going to be moving and generating heat. Put one in your hat because you're going to lose <laughs> 70% of your heat through your hat. So put a little pocket heater yeah. in your hat. If you get too hot, just take it out throw it in your coat. But as long as I have them on my toes and one of my chest and one in my hat, I'm usually good all day. That's awesome. Yeah, I, that's uh, a true fact about the losing most of your heat from your head. So mm-hmm. I don't have that problem. I have really, really thick hair. <laughs> I used to have that. I don't have the really thick <laughs> hair anymore at my age. No comment. <laughs> well, my hair was three times as long as Amanda's. And when you put it in a ponytail, it was like having a wool cap on. <laughs> you didn't. I didn't need yeah. a hat. And, and, and I didn't need a hat in the wintertime. Yeah, I well, I don't mind wearing a hat just to kind of get the tips in my ears, but you don't want to mess your that, hair. I know, I know. Well, yeah, depends on the day, but I got a brother yeah. like that. It could be minus forty out. Say, hey, Mike, here, put a hat on. Oh no, it'll wreck my hair. Yeah, no, yeah. I'll. I'll Did you say you had a brother or a sister? I get my brother. <laughs> no, that was a joke. Worried about his hair. There well, are men who care about their hair. <laughs> I don't see how he care, but it, it's his head's like solid gel. Like it, it's there's so much gel that when the wind hits his hair, it doesn't move. It's it's like like it bristles on a hair. But he's worried about a hat flattening it out, I guess. Well, that was a that was a thing for a while, right? Where guys used to gel their hair like that. Oh, he still does. He used to get paid. All his buddies in high school used to pay him to do his hair. They do. He do all the pictures and designs and all the buzz cuts that's how he made his money he's cutting everybody's hair in high school oh wow that's crazy that's cool so i guess next week we'll have a topic when we have some show notes actually we got the show notes what 
Thursday, so nobody did anything. It's just been too crazy the last couple of weeks. Every time we try to get together, things just don't work out. So we didn't even write show notes, but we've got to get one out. No, I agree. We'll be keeping up. So we're going to meet next week then, right? You guys going to meet next Saturday? Was it, was it 21st? Are we two weeks now? Are we? Yeah, you know, that works. Yeah, we can do that. That works for me. I don't even know what today so, is. Today? Well, that'll be good because we can talk about the shoot on the 21st, so that's good. Yeah, we can do that. Absolutely. Uh, but I believe we were talking about potential conversations about sighting, but we'll see. Yeah. So, you know we'll what? I'm not, I'm not even going to do the standard shout-out. I'm not going to do the finish. I'm not going to do any of it because we don't have any show notes, so I have nothing to read. Nope. No. There, wasn't, there wasn't anything on there. No, there's nothing <laughs> no. new. No, we totally won this one. Well, I forgot the taglines last time, so. Uh, I usually just steal George's taglines. <laughs> but when he comes back, then I have to make up my own tagline. Yeah, you better. What was the last one I was up. using? Keep your, 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 your edges sharp when you're powder dry. But then when it comes time to saying it, I forget. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Josh? My turn? Oh, okay. I so. <laughs> choose your caliber wisely. Go ahead and choose like a girl. Oh, okay, <laughs> I'll steal George's again. Keep your barrels downrange and smoking. Thanks for keeping up with us, people. We promise a much more organized show next week when Mike comes back. Have a good night, guys. Good night. Good night. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or feedback you may have, or if you just want to call shenanigans. You can contact us at host at newshootercanada.ca or through our Facebook page. The way they look, I like the shiny steel and the polished wood. I don't care if they're big or small, they're for sale till I want them all. I like guns, I like guns, I like guns.